my listeners and welcome to another episode of the Day Recruit podcast. My name is Britt Lawton and today I'm actually doing a podcast with Pebofatsu Makwena in light of the early closure of his exhibition Internal Probes, which was on at Day Recruit Projects, Johannesburg. So this is the first time I'm actually recording a podcast remotely, so please forgive us in terms of the audio quality. But I'm looking forward to hearing some more information from the artist himself. So welcome, Pebo. I hope you are keeping well. I am keeping well. Uh, and I hope everyone else is keeping well too. So just in light of your exhibition having closed early, I just wanted to follow up with you to find out more about your artworks because they do pose very interesting questions and themes and also considering a lot of duality within the works themselves. You've got works that have been layered with silkscreen and drawing and painting and collage. So I don't know if you want to maybe speak more about your processes and techniques in producing works. Yeah, I think I was really interested in um, how much information the paper could actually handle, both on a very technical technical spectrum and also on a very um, conceptual spectrum. Like how many ideas can I pack into one particular kind of work? How much material could I, could I pack into a, a 50 by centimeter piece of paper, for example? And that kind of push towards the work reaching its limit in both ways I thought was very intriguing in the making of the work. I think like that's foregrounded a lot of a lot of dense work in the works. So how how does the production of ideas for you and the production of work interlink? I think ideas are work. I think work is the result of an idea. But also I think that the conversation surrounding um, work and labor are very intertwined with regards to ideas surrounding a particular kind of system of thought or a particular kind of environmental paradigm. And so uh, the relationships between the two are actually very much interlinked. So like, for example, um, the paradigm surrounding black poverty, I don't think, I mean, like, those were just ideas or idea constructs, you know, which which really take a lot of imagination in trying to really, really break down that relationship between like like people and poverty. They're a lot more intertwined than intertwined that we that we'd like them to think. Yeah, definitely. It's an artwork communicating an idea and how that idea or artwork can be read in various ways. Yeah, yeah, completely. And then like the translation uh, between how people read that work in written texts versus when they actually get to see the work. Somehow, I think people like read that there's a gap between the two, whereas whereas there is there is no gap. So when um, people tend to think about looking at an artwork as opposed to reading about an artwork, they always think of them as separate entities without necessarily like engaging in the fact that the text can be a visual representation of the work itself. And the artwork has the potential to read as a kind of poetry in word. And I mean, you being an artist that works across a variety of mediums, which we saw in your exhibition, how do you think that affects the way that the artwork is read based on whether it's a painting or a print or a drawing? It depends on the individual. I've been having different conversations with different people, even like people who weren't familiar with my practice. We would have conversations about like about the news, for example, and how an entire generation is kind of influenced by like their parents consistently watching news 
24-7. And then, or like a different kind of artist uh, would look at the work and we would have conversations about like sewage pipes, for example. You know what I mean? Like it, it's the range of conversations differ depending on the kinds of people who engage with it. You know, and then like people who see the work online with people who read about the work online and perceive that work differently. So it's more about how that individual imposes their consumption of ideas onto what it is that they're reading. Yeah, or, or how they're reading the, the artwork, not necessarily as, like, as, a, as a written text. So then in speaking about that, a relevant motif that you have in a lot of your works that seems to recur is this image of a security guard. I believe he was taken from a media image that went viral from the Ellis Park stampede. And yeah, I mean, that image has quite a lot of connotations that can be read from it. It's, it's quite a contested image in the fact that it's got a lot of dual meanings that will be read quite differently. Do you want to elaborate on your thoughts around that? In speaking about like reading a particular kind of of meanings onto a prescribed body, the body in this case being a body of work or a body of artworks, or the image of the soldier operates in a very kind of different sphere. So um, when so when you see the work, you'll see slave ships, um, which have very particular connotation to slavery and, and the Atlantic slave trade. But when you see that body, firstly, a secondary gaze is enacted because you are looking at an image of a particular kind of body which kind of highlights ways of looking in response to security guards and this weird idea of a panopticon so wherever your eyes rest on the world that central body is still in your field of vision because um, the image operates more as an anchor an anchor of ambiguity so in the one sense you might find that you might feel protected in relation to all of the chaos in the work. And the other way that you might read the policeman then is almost like some kind of guardian of the space. So in essence, the image of the policeman operates both as a firewall and as an antivirus in the discussions of data. So it's a very like um, ambiguous play because even now thinking about borders and geography of borders and the conversation that either side would have one thinks of borders as a means of keeping out in relation to protecting what's inside. I think that this figure really um, exemplifies these kinds of contemporary questions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's a conversation that does happen quite a lot in terms of what what is it that you that decides or determines what is kept inside and what is kept outside. Yeah, again, like Communication still has to be had to be translated, you know. So, like, even without the artist being there, the translation still happens between the viewer and the artwork, and not necessarily the artist and the viewer. That's true. So, something actually that I wanted to ask you to t- tell us all more about is the residency in Tehran. Is that the one that influenced you the most? That yeah, yeah. So that was the first one, and in Tehran, there were questions about traffic. Mostly, I was particularly interested in like the amount of people that actually weren't on the street, like people that didn't have homes, or in my vicinity in Tehran itself. I think we only saw like one or two like of the entire month, and so that really shocked me because I was coming from a place where like homelessness and accommodation 
and even questions around land and landlessness are still quite important to the, the progress of the country. And then just thinking about like how many people actually get back in traffic and that people would actually rather walk the street <laughs> because they'd get to where they were quicker. That was one of the foremost things that I was engaging in primarily. In secondary term, I was thinking about, oddly enough, like Jupiter's red spot, how we can read accumulation in response to places that we see as, as to how they look like. So then again, like the relationship between traffic and color was very kind of important for me because we tend to read these heat maps, particularly with Jupiter's red spot. There's a particular kind of heat map that we really need this heat spot with. And we tend to see that as like an accumulation of forces on the planet. And that influence came from being in Tehran. Like that, was that the first exposure to that concept? Yeah. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot before. I think it is serendipitous that it happened as it did. Awesome. Well, hopefully there's going to be um, some more residencies coming your way soon. I'll be holding thumbs for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be holding thumbs for myself as well. Thank you. And then the Dave Recruit Workshop has teamed up with you in doing a kids activity that we are going to be running on our Instagram and social media feeds, um, which is super exciting. And it's turning your motif of the slave ships into spaceships. So hopefully our listeners will create their own Pebble Fatso inspired artworks. So thank you very much for calling me today. It was great to chat to you and hear from you. Thank you. It's a pleasure as always.